You're listening to the Common Descent Podcast. David. Hello, listeners, and welcome to Silver Screen Science, kind of. A little bit. A little, a little <laughs> bit. This is a Silver Screen Science short, where we are talking not about an entire movie, but, dear listeners, as you may be aware, Universal, etc., recently released a prologue slash trailer teaser thing yeah. for Jurassic World Dominion, which comes out in the summer of 2022. It has had the internet all abuzz, and we've had a few of our followers online ask us if we have thoughts about it, and we sure do. Uh, uh, One or two. One or two. (laughs) Passing thoughts. So, we figured we'd do a little mini Silver Screen Science episode just to talk about the prologue thing. Yeah. As a reminder, Silver Screen Science is where we discuss the science of movies, but not just the nitpicky what they do right, what they do wrong but sort of how the movie treats science. Yeah, how it treats scientific concepts or subjects. The relationship between the science and the cinema. Mm -hmm. And typically we, instead of discussing our personal thoughts mixed in with the science, we do that separately in a episode we call More Thoughts, which goes up on Patreon. Yep. But since this is such a little bonus thing, we'll put some of our personal thoughts at the end after we talked about the science. Just smush it all together. Uh, in case anyone's wondering, by the way, just a little bit of uh, forewarning, we're we're not impressed. <laughs> in either regard. If you're in ca- waiting. In case you were hopeful, that's our review. <laughs> Unimpressed. Also, before we get into the thing itself, as usual, spoiler warning for the, the actual video we're about to discuss. Mm-hmm. But it's five and a half minutes long and it's free. So pause. Pause this. (laughs) It's on YouTube. Just go watch it and then come listen to what we have to say about it. (laughs) Just we'll wait. We'll wait. Come on back. All right. (laughs) Jurassic World Dominion is the sixth movie in the Jurassic Park franchise. It is the sequel to Jurassic World Fallen Kingdom, which we had so much nice things to say about. Directed by Colin Trevorrow. Will, would you like to give us a synopsis of this prologue slash teaser thing? Absolutely. So this one starts in the past, in the Mesozoic. The late Cretaceous. And zooms in on a number of different habitats with different dinosaurs just going about their lives. We see some sauropods, we see some ceratopsians, just herds walking around. And it culminates when a big, looked like Giganotosaurus, Gets in a fight with a T-Rex and murders it, which then cuts us into the modern day where the released T-Rex is running around the forest being chased by a helicopter and stumbles upon a drive-in theater before being chased off by said helicopter. So in this short amount of time, we actually get to see a bunch of different ancient creatures and we get to see them do a few things. So there's not a ton to talk about. But there is a good bit of science to be discussed here. Well, especially because that first section is kind of a pseudo or reminiscent of a Walking with Dinosaurs style documentary. Yeah, it's just here are di- late Cretaceous animals living their lives in the late Cretaceous. And and that's part of what's had a lot of people in a tizzy is because it's the first time we've seen in the Jurassic franchise just in the proper time dinosaurs being dinosaurs. Yes. 
Now, for an extra little bit of background, I was reading up about what this is actually supposed to be. Originally, this was supposed to be in the movie, uh, possibly as the beginning of the movie, but it has been cut from the movie, so now it exists as sort of a separate short. Uh, it's not actually a pro... It's not like the beginning of the movie, which is what I originally thought it was. Yes. Now, as we move to discuss the science, we'll discuss the creatures and sort of the science around them. We're not going to be quite as structured as our normal silver screen science setup because there's just not that much to talk about. But there's, there's less movie. I, I will say that here at the beginning, we should start by saying nice things. Yeah, I feel like that is fair. Let's get the nice things out of the way. We're going to make a, a compliment open faced sandwich. <laughs> <laughs> I think the sequence of seeing animals in the late Cretaceous living their lives is a very cool idea. Yeah, and there are some really nice moments in it. There are some, yeah, just seeing the animals in herds. I like that it's kind of like a documentary and that it is sort of showing. We've never in Jurassic Park really get to see much dinosaurs in a natural habitat. Yeah, no, we, we get a little bit of it in Lost World. We get a, a, a like one scene of it in three. Mm-hmm. And that's really, that's really like Lost World's really where we get the most of it. And it's not. It's it's never the focus. So this was nice to see some of that. And here they are acting, for the most part, like animals, right? Yeah. They're eating, the pterosaurs are coming in for landings, the sauropods and the ceratopsians are hurting. Uh, there's one flopping around in the water. Yeah, the one that's rolling around, <laughs> d- d- getting a, a bath, a mud bath. I love that. Yeah. Another thing that's interesting here, so one thing that I've uh, observed in the past is that the Jurassic Park franchise tends not to use recent dinosaurs. Yes. With one exception in Jurassic World Fallen Kingdom, every ancient animal shown or mentioned in the entire Jurassic Park franchise is a real life species, uh, the ones that are real life species, were described in the 80s or earlier. Yeah. They're all the legacy dinosaurs. This prologue shows us a bunch of things we haven't seen before in the franchise including some recent ones so the list the official list as far as i can tell of what's in the in the the sequence the sauropods are dreadnoughtus the pterosaurs are quetzalcoatlus there's ankylosaurus we see oviraptor nasudoceratops moros which is the little theropod that moros is a distant cousin of tyrannosaurs and we see Tyrannosaurus, we see Iguanodon, and then Giganotosaurus is the big predator that shows up at the end of that sequence. Giganotosaurus was named in the 90s, and a bunch of these other ones have been named in the last 20 years or so. The Dreadnoughtus, Nasudoceratops, Moros was named in 2019. That's cool. So it it is really cool that they are using some newer dinosaur. Like, these are things that have been named since Jurassic Park came out. Yes. Which is almost entirely unique for the franchise. Yeah. And they're there alongside Iguanodon, which is one of the, like, OG actual legacy. <laughs> like, Iguanodon and its friend. That's like the Superman, Batman, Wonder Woman of dinosaurs. Yes, exactly. <laughs> so their lineup of creatures is nice. Mm-hmm. It's nice to see those. Also, the thing that has been the subject of every headline about this is that a bunch of the dinosaurs have feathers. Yeah, they're fuzzy. They added feathers. The Oviraptor has feathers. Moros has feathers, and T-Rex has feathers. Yeah, it's got that those like proto-fuzzy feathers. Which is pretty cool. Yeah, I, I I appreciated that. It was nice to get to see it. 
getting to see an animated fuzzy T-Rex was fun. Mm-hmm. Like it's not the first time we've seen it, but it is it's one of the first times we've seen it by a major studio. Yeah. So that was cool. Yeah, do do you have any other nice things to say? Um it was short. Uh <laughs> <laughs> This isn't science related, but I love the Let's all go to the lobby. I, that's man, the best part. Th- that is Let's the be- that is the, the thing lobby. it has been most effective at. Is it? <laughs> it has gotten that song stuck in my head. Makes me want to treat. Yep. All right. Let's talk about some science. <laughs> so, as usual with Silver Screen Science, we're not. There's a bunch of things we can nitpick. Yes. And there's been a lot of discussion online about sort of like what specifically is wrong. The feathers, for example, they put feathers on the dinosaurs, but Oviraptor is missing. The arm feathers, for example, yeah. which are a thing we actually know it had. Yeah, we know they had arm feathers. And they are kind of a prominent feature. Uh, there's the point that the dinosaurs and creatures shown in that opening sequence did not live in the same place or the same time. That's one. Of the, that was one of the big things that irked me, is it, mm-hmm. it we were not doing the um, just smush all three periods of the Mesozoic together. But we right. were just being like, well, Pangea was really only about 100 feet across. Right. <laughs> and it well, was and still together. Yeah. And they're all <laughs> just hanging out. Right, Like, we yeah, were kind of just smushing them together. They've You've got animals from Asia and from South America and from North America and from different time periods all sort of jumbled together. And that's all true. Yeah. But, as, you know, I, I, I rarely get worked up about the specific inaccuracies yeah well it's it's you know you made this point that still after all this time all the theropods continue to hold their hands incorrectly they've still got the the dinosaur hands the little sneaky (laughs) hands Mm -hmm. instead of the palms in right they should be clappers not slappers exactly and that's one yes that's still true they are not the only ones making that mistake you know and in the grand scheme of things like no that's not a huge deal that these particular things are are wrong. Yeah, well, it's like uh, almost every cartoon alligator has bad dentition. Right. Uh, <laughs> like, it's that kind of thing where, yes, this is technically incorrect, but it is not a gross misrepresentation of the animal. Right. Big picture, this isn't like horribly misleading people or anything like that. No. That said, it is. I do find it frustrating that those inaccuracies are there. When it would seem like if you're ever going to go all out for scientific accuracy, this is the point to do it. Like, I've read interview, like an interview with Colin Trevorrow, who was talking about how, like, this was, they intentionally wanted to differentiate the dinosaurs in the scene and show the natural dinosaurs. Yeah. That's why they have, like, we see the feathered T-Rex and then the modern re, you know, genetically engineered T-Rex without feathers. To draw that comparison. Yeah, to emphasize that the lab-grown dinosaurs have been modified due to incomplete genetics and are therefore not identical copies of the extinct animals. But the only actual difference between the modern T-Rex and the ancient one, and by inference all of the ancient to modern comparisons, is the some of them have feathers that are mostly correct. Yeah. So, like... It, it's it's weird to me that you didn't just make this more accurate. I don't understand why you wouldn't. Well, it, it it almost feels like it's emphasizing that there's still a lot of cherry picking going on. Yeah. That you were correct on Obi-Raptor's tail, but not its arms. And, 
you know, you tried to portray it more accurately, but then you still had it stealing eggs. Right. Which, and I'll make a little note here. Yeah. I've seen people arguing about this yeah. online that like, yeah, it's not at all beyond belief that Oviraptor could have eaten eggs. No. That like, makes total sense. Deers eat baby birds and that's not something you expect sure. them to do. But you are emphasizing what is a famous mistake. Yeah, but we all know why you had it eat eggs. <laughs> right. No one is going to believe that you're like, no, we just wanted to show a diversity of behavior <laughs> that this small predator could have been feeding on. No, you're do- having it eat eggs because its name is Oviraptor. Right, because that's the legacy. <laughs> well, and the thing that's weird to me is the, the selection of animals. Like Giganotosaurus, T-Rex, Oviraptor are three dinosaurs that never met. Yep. Like, different times, different places. And it's weird because, like, there are animals you could have used for the latest Cretaceous. That would have all overlapped. That would have covered basically all the pieces that you would have wanted here. Like, there are oviraptorids that lived alongside T-Rex. And there are, uh, you know, ceratopsians that lived alongside T-Rex. It feels like there was a grand opportunity, unprecedented in this whole franchise, to actually recreate a realistic dinosaur habitat but then they still just pick their favorite dinosaurs off of a list yeah or the ones that it it makes me wonder if the reason we got some more recent ones is because those were seen as the hot ticket yeah items that you could slam together for this cool scene like you have a science advisor dr steven brasati is your dinosaur advisor last i heard Mm -hmm. and if you had asked him are there dinosaurs that fit all these molds that lived at the same time he probably could have given you a list in five minutes. Yeah, super easy. So it the individual inaccuracies aren't a big deal. It just feels like, a, as with Jurassic World, a really cool opportunity to go all out on the accuracy. And I don't see a detriment to having done that. But then they didn't. Yeah, it's hard for it to not feel like there was a lack of effort or lack of care central in making that scene. I guess the reason for me it seems so glaring is it comes across as trying to be genuine, Mm -hmm. but it doesn't seem like there was a lot of effort to actually make it genuine. Yeah. Well, and the other thing that's weird to me is that you can, this is a little bit of a sidestep from the science issue, but you also, you've kind of ruined your best excuse for why the dinosaurs elsewhere in the franchise are inaccurate. Like the whole idea that the modern recreated dinosaurs are genetically engineered and that's why they're inaccurate has long been like a comment that defenders of the franchise make. And now it's canon. Yes. You said it in Jurassic world. Mm -hmm. These animals would have looked quite different. And I'm not a total fan of that angle. It it has a little bit of of hand waviness. It's a little hand wavy. It's a big retcon. Yep. But I thought that's a halfway clever idea for saying, Hey, we know there's inaccuracies. Here's an invert in-universe explanation as to why. But now you've shown us dinosaurs from the late Cretaceous period, and they're also very wrong. Yep. So I guess it's not... Those be- were also clones. <laughs> Those are clones <laughs> from the Triassic or something. Well, it's, you know, as the movies keep attesting at how smart raptors were. <gasps> oh, raptor cloning facilities. Yeah. So uh. these that's why they were from all over the world. This was actually... This was a zoo. Yeah. This was This was... Jurassic World. This was the Cretaceous Park ah. that the raptors put together. All right. Now, now, now it all makes sense. Yes. Now now we can all uh, rest easy. Oh, a quick note that I forgot to mention before. The pterosaurs are also fuzzy. 
Yes, yes. Bonus. That's awesome. Yeah. Bonus points. And you made it through the entire, like the pterosaurs were on screen for probably a total of like, I don't know, 20 seconds, maybe even 30 seconds. And at no point did they grab anything with their feet. Yep. Which is a first for this franchise. (laughs) Also, the flocking pterosaurs was really very cool. Awesome and very pretty looking. Very cool. I liked that a lot. Uh, And this actually ties into one of our common themes in these discussions of monsterification. Yes. Uh, This is a very short sequence. Mm -hmm. uh, And most of the dinosaurs are not doing monstery things. No. So if this is the first time you've ever listened to one of these, real quick, monsterification is our term for when movies take what should just be an animal and make it act like a movie monster. Yeah, they give it attributes or behaviors that only make sense if you are a serial killer. And in this prologue really that only comes up in two places one the preposterous screaming noises yep <laughs> that some of the animals are making and along with the sounds the music the overly scary music when it, we're showing landscape it <laughs> makes me think of how documentaries uh will very frustrate like it annoys me every time where they'll have a snake on the screen or a shark on screen and the music will suddenly be like and it's like come on you're dude you don't have to give them scary ambiance yeah and you don't have to shove a narrative down our throats just show us the animal but then the other part so we have this wonderful serene ecosystem we've got oviraptor eating eggs and we've got herding ceratopsians and we've got moros picking meat from the teeth of the giganotosaurus which is a very cool idea that is that is pretty awesome that's very cool and then a kaiju fight happens yep because that's what happens in this trilogy yep a giganotosaurus gets up from its teeth cleaning (laughs) gets up from the dentist yep (laughs) t-rex shows up just walks up and then they just decide to murder each other. And then they have a big old fight for no reason. Absolutely no impetus. There's no that we don't see that they're fighting over food. No, the iguanodon walks away. They can't be fighting <laughs> over territory because they live on different continents. <laughs> right, that's right. Well, that's what this this was the great American interchange. <laughs> what back are in the you Christian. doing here? <laughs> and also is the only way that they can think for one big theropod to kill another big theropod to bite it in the neck. Well, the first thing they do is headbutt each other, mm-hmm. which is a we. And this this ties into another trend that we've talked about before: the notion of the dinosaurs and, in a broader, more broadly speaking, predators in general, as just single-minded murder machines. Yeah, I've got sharp teeth, and if that, I'm not sinking them into something, I don't know what I'm doing here. Like we have. Each of these dinosaurs is on screen for an extremely short amount of time, and they spend the entirety of that time trying to kill each other. And they're roaring and screeching, and they're circling each other like a wrestling match or something. And it it, it feels so dissonant mm-hmm. with the lovely, actually believable sequence that we had leading up to it. Also, they made Giganotosaurus all, like... Very, very spiky. Not saying that it wasn't potentially spiky, but it they made it look villainous the same way they made Indominus look villainous. Yeah. By giving it scary eyes and jagged teeth and make spiky it body. Look like a monster. Yeah. And also, and this is a purely opinion uh, aesthetic statement, I do not like the way it looks. No. I think mm-hmm. it's dumb. Yep. Uh, if you like it, I mean, hey, power to you. Yeah. I, uh, not a fan. I was not impressed. Yeah, it it has some cool parts of that opening scene. 
it's very soured by the fact that it ends with just an incredibly dumb monster fight. Also, note to the people making Jurassic movies, I don't know why you think this is the case. I don't want to watch things kill T-Rex. <laughs> <laughs> oh, so I... I don't, I don't need that. In the Because I know you've mentioned this to me, <laughs> and you'll like this. In the interview with Colin Trevorrow, he says that... Th- so that is, canonically, the T-Rex... Whose DNA. So at the end of that sequence, a mosquito comes in and takes the blood from the dead or dying T-Rex. The now cooling corpse. Right. And then flies away. And the implication is, and apparently this is the case, that is the T-Rex whose DNA was used to create the T-Rex in the Jurassic Park and Jurassic World movies. Yes. And Colin Trevorrow in the interview described it as, this is basically that T-Rex's origin story. Yeah. Like we would for a superhero. (laughs) <laughs> as he puts it uh shoot yourself right in the foot <laughs> and th- and that is kind of an interesting like that all right i can see why that is an intriguing idea uh i'm not particularly intrigued by it but yeah, the mm-hmm. fairness we get to see the dinosaur whose dna brought to life the most famous of the dinosaurs in this franchise the most famous uh pop culture dinosaur next to godzilla yes <laughs> But mosquitoes can drink from living at dinosaurs too. <laughs> it's a, it's such a, that whole sequence is like someone started with a really cool idea and they convinced them to put feathers on it. And then they went, cool, let's go to Wikipedia and pull some of our favorite dinosaur names and throw them in and then do a Google image search for cool looking dinosaurs and yes. use that as our reference for how to make our villain dinosaur look. And it just seems like you, once again, and I think this is really the overarching feel for me, is you had this beautiful opportunity to do something the franchise had never done before and to actually give us like a great sequence that differentiates the dinosaurs that have been resurrected with the past ecosystem to show us these animals in a naturalistic, realistic environment and... This And this is not a surprise. That's not what you wanted to do. No. That's not what you chose to do. It's not what you wanted to do. You wanted to still make them monstery and you wanted to still make them recognizable as part of your brand. Mm-hmm. Which, as we've discussed before, I totally understand that impetus. Yeah, I get where that motivation comes from, from a business standpoint. But that's disappointing. Yeah, it's it, especially because it feels like like I said, it feels like you're marketing it as a genuine effort to show the dinosaurs. And that's not what it was. Yeah. So it, it there's a level of dishonesty, which I know is implicit in a lot of movie making and trailer <laughs> making. But it just feels cheap for the fact that you're selling it as one thing when that's not what it is. Yeah. Well, and they're very focused on the feathers. Yeah. Like when this original. So this aired in IMAX theaters several months ago. And I think it was Colin Trevorrow who made a tweet who was like, Look, feathers. Yeah. We did it. We added feathers. And that's cool. But then you stopped. Yep. That's the one thing you did. And so, yeah, it's cool to see feathered dinosaurs on screen. It's cool to see them in a Jurassic World, a Jurassic Park movie. But I am not so desperate for it that this is going to make me <laughs> satisfied and go, no, good job. Good job. You put feathers on on four different kinds of animals. <laughs> Yeah. Well done. Uh, three, three, and then, uh, yeah. Well, and this is another thing where, like, if you had done this in Jurassic World, I would have been re- way more excited about it. Yes. 
now it feels like you're just throwing a bone to the fans. Absolutely. But you've picked most of the meat off the bone. Yeah. <laughs> and it, we, we, we will give you what you're asking for within reason in the way we feel like you should have it. <laughs> right. Uh, so scientifically, it absolutely does some cool stuff. It introduces more recently described and identified animals. It gives us some new dinosaurs into the Jurassic Park universe. Very cool. It gives us feathers, which is a cool thing to add. Those are milestones. And some of them are uh, a relationship with the real world science that this franchise has not shown in a long time. In many, many years. But also, well, you could have just, you you had the opportunity to do so much more. <laughs> well, it feels like what we've talked about whenever a Pokemon game comes out. It's like, you can sit on the benches now. Right. <laughs> and it's like, the only reason I'm excited about this is because I like your games. Right. Uh, but I don't like your movies. So <laughs> I'm not excited about this. So that brings us. So he means he doesn't like the Jurassic World movies. Yeah. That's the comparison. Not that he doesn't like the Pokemon movies. Because you haven't even seen most of them. No, I like the, I like two of them real good. Uh, most of them are not good. <laughs> That brings us to, so as I said in the beginning, usually we end the main episode with our sciencey thoughts, and then we say, hey, if you want to hear our personal thoughts, like our setting the science aside, just what do we feel as moviegoers, because often it's different. Yes. Right? We can be very critical of the science and really like the movie. Absolutely. Like Jurassic World, I think, is horribly disappointing as science goes. Yes. But I like it as a movie. They didn't do any of the things we were hoping they would do with the dinosaurs. But man, it's it's a fun ride. Sure, sure. And we usually will do a more thoughts episode on Patreon. So if you're a patron, you can listen to it. But this is a little bonus thing. So we'll add that right here. We'll talk about our personal thoughts. So, Will, we have admitted to feeling generally unimpressed and a bit disappointed, but not surprised. Yeah. At the at the science uh, relationship in the movie, how do we feel about it? Just as movie people, Ugh, unimpressed, disappointed, but not surprised. Yeah, I'd say that about covers it. I'm not excited for this. No, I'm not excited for it. Nothing in this promo makes me want to be excited for it. We didn't mention any of the the sequence after coming back from the Cretaceous. Right, the modern day sequence. Well, because there's not really much science. Exactly. It's the T-Rex as it always has been. It's just a a clip of a scene from a Jurassic movie. Mm -hmm. Uh, Nothing really interesting, scientifically speaking, happens or behaviorally or blah, blah, blah. Uh, But man, is there a bunch of dumb stuff that happens there. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I'm just so not impressed. I didn't find any of the... T-Rex running around a, a drive-in theater that is surprisingly busy for 2021. Right. Uh, <laughs> I didn't find any of that very interesting. Yeah, it's fine. It seems like the same sort of thing that... And as you sort of hinted at, if I had liked the last two movies, this might be exciting. Yeah, I might be pumped for it. I might be really excited for it. But I Jurassic World, I enjoy, but I have some strong critiques. Yep. And Jurassic World Fallen Kingdom, I think, was bad. I That's probably my least favorite movie in the franchise now. Yeah. Like, I'll watch Jurassic Park 3 before I watch that. <laughs> yeah, Jurassic Park 3 at least is fun to watch. It's silly. Yeah. Jurassic World Fallen Kingdom was boring. <laughs> yeah, I just didn't, did not like that at all. So this, nothing in this feels like, the one thing that is actually really cool is the, in the past mm-hmm. sort of documentary sequence. But not only is that full of stuff that irks me because of what it could have been, but also I don't 
have any reason to think that there's going to be more of that in the rest of the movie. It you know what that that opening scene of the the dinosaurs in the past kind of feels like now that I'm thinking about it. It has a similar feeling as what you and I have described when it comes to certain comic book movies to where it's not that we just utterly hate the way you decided to represent this stuff, but we feel that you you didn't lean into it enough. Mm-hmm. You know, like you didn't lean into the character, you know, Aquaman or whoever it was. Right, right. Enough to really capture it. It always mm-hmm. felt like you were pulling your punches, you know, like the old X-Men movies often were. Where right. you, you're not really leaning into, you always feel like you're pulling back before you feel like you're going to be too silly. Well, you're trying to make it fit the mold of the more typical movies of the time so that it doesn't feel too different. And that's what this, the past sequence, the dinosaur documentary sequence feels like to me. Yeah. That you, you're you doing legitimate dinosaurs, kind of almost maybe, but where we're comfortable with it. Right. And then real quick before anybody forgets what we do in this franchise... Let's have a kaiju fight. Yes. So yeah, I, I'm not... We're gonna see the movie. So that we can make a longer one of these. So for you, dear yep. listeners, we'll watch it for you. But yeah, I'm, nah. it, it, I'm not... I'm not even... Like, I'm not upset. No. I didn't expect to be excited about this movie. No. That, that's the part that is the most disappointing to me. The saddest part to me is that I love Jurassic Park. It's so wonderful. I love it. And it is, it, it, I am saddened that there is a new one coming out and I'm not yeah. excited about it. It's very, very discouraging. So, dear listeners, if you're excited for Jurassic World Dominion, that's awesome. Yes. I'm, I'm glad that you're enjoying it. We if, hope you have fun. We hope you enjoy. Absolutely. Have a, we will talk about it. Mm-hmm. We will do our science analysis of it on a Silver Screen Science episode when it comes out. I'm sure we will have plenty of nice things to say, uh, among other things. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah any other any other notes before we wrap up yeah actually the one thing that gets me in the trailer as well is that the scene modern day at least to me felt like it's supposed to be this tense kind of fast-paced almost chase scene like it's mm-hmm. supposed to feel a little high energy high octane feel Action a little sequence you know get you like oh boy whoa and the only reason it feels that way to me the only reason any of that happens is because the helicopter people are bad shots uh, like, and seem real, and we only see them for a little bit, but like nothing cool happens that makes it intense. And it's just the T-Rex walking and a bunch of people being either really unperceptive. Yeah. Uh, or just hurting each other as they run around. That popcorn is really good. It's real good popcorn. And then the helicopter people shooting near it, shooting near it, (laughs) like aiming for its chin, evidently to miss it. And it's, we shoot animals from helicopters all the time. None of which are as big as a (laughs) T-Rex. So it felt like a tense situation that it's like when a scary movie where it's like the only reason scary things are happening is because the humans in it are idiots. Yeah. That's kind of the feeling I got from this. It, it, generally just feels kind of silly yeah that's kind of the like the opening sequence is cool and then quetzalcoatl screams like a demon <sighs> and it's silly and then t-rex and giganotosaurus lock eyes and fight <laughs> and it's silly and then the t-rex falls and the mosquito sucks its blood and it's a very contrived feeling yeah and then people are running and screaming and a helicopter can't shoot the elephant-sized animals standing in the middle of the place. Which they then immediately lose track of. And it's silly. Also, also, just a note that I just now remembered. 
uh, we established in Jurassic World. Uh, maybe they mentioned this in Fallen Kingdom and I forgot something. If I did, someone correct me. Uh, but they tracked the animals. Oh, yeah. They had trackers. So unless they removed their... I think well, they might have turned them off or something in Fallen Kingdom or something. But that could be it, yeah. Like, turn it back on. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, Indominus taught them all how to remove their trackers. It's <laughs> just a line of dinosaurs and Indominus just, <laughs> just picking them out. out. Do, 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 it's do. a social grooming. That's... <laughs> All right. Well, that's enough of our rambling about that. Hey, we hope that you enjoyed this. This is a, a little taste of silver screen science in between our regular silver screen sciences. Uh, we will definitely do more in the future. There will be at least one silver screen science next summer when Jurassic World Dominion comes out. In any case, keep your ears and eyes out for more on that kind of stuff in the future. And for now, we will leave you with uh, what we've already said. Yep. Hi, everybody. Thanks for listening to the Common Descent Podcast. You can follow us on Facebook, Twitter, YouTube, and check our WordPress blog for pictures and links after each episode. Huge thanks to our patrons whose support helps keep this podcast running and who get access to bonus goodies on Patreon. The song you're hearing is called On the Origin of Species by Protodome, which we found at ocremix.org. Thanks again for listening. We hope you'll join us next time.